0: Welcome to the 361 Podcast Season 9, Episode 9. My name's Ben Smith from Wireless Worker. I'm Ray from the All About Sites. And I'm Ewan from Mobile Industry Review. This week we talk about the magic materials that make up your phone. I've been made to put on a lab coat.
1: And I bang on about Nokias and then we talk about what's coming next.
0: Gents. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back, Ray Blamford. Thank you. Now, two two weeks away. Yes. Have you got an adequate explanation we, for yourselves?
1: Uh, we can't do that one about blanford beating people up, can we? No. We've no, used that already. We can't use
0: that one, no. Did were you Did you go anywhere exciting? No. Uh, well, I've been up and down to Edinburgh. Yeah. There. No, not really. Not very no. interesting. Um, I was busy at work, I'm afraid. Sorry. So, Jet Set okay. Lifestyle has in, uh, interrupted the podcast. Many apologies, but... Big, we're big, back. We are back. Uh, uh, big, big news. Working. Yes, big, big, big news. It's been oh. an, it's been an important week in yes. mobile this week. Yes, um, can you think of anything that's happened this week? Uh,
1: well, there's been a few launches, there's been a few updates, but that all pales into insignificance. I think
0: it does pale into distinct insignificance yeah. compared to the humongous event that has taken place.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I, you know what? I was quite surprised at all the people that were well, not surprised. It's to be expected because there was a, a whole line of people queuing mm. uh, for this. Uh, S- certainly,
0: it, I got up early to celebrate it. Did you? Yes. Wow, so, that's,
1: that, you're committed. I am absolutely. I mean, it was. It, I had. Um, I had a, uh, an early morning alarm yep. for it, and then I had the uh, the actual you know alarm. Yep.
0: I also had two calendar entries. Yep. Yeah. So, rough plan could you enlighten us as to what we might be talking about? Well, was it my appearance on CNN? Oh, it's all about you, isn't it? Yeah. Just all about you. No, no. Today is the fourth anniversary of the invention of the Three Six One podcast. Really, literally today. Oh, how very exciting! As we distribute this, yes, twenty seventh of April and checks checks calendar twenty seventh of April, twenty fifteen is four years for the three six one podcast. Four years, yeah. Now something else is four years old this week as well, isn't it? You're on. I think it's Rafe Bladford, wasn't it? You had a birthday this week,
2: Rafe. Yes, I did have a birthday this week. I'm maybe One, a little two, older than three,
0: four. four. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to you. Ralph. Happy birthday to you. Happy
1: birthday, dear Ray. Happy birthday <laughs> to you. And cake. Uh, okay. I guess.
2: What, what, what can I say Come to my on. lovely co host? I'm so used to being mocked and, you know, just. <laughs> Ben cry. has just
0: presented yeah, okay. a whole lot of cupcakes They're to go. So, Rafe, Rafe has been presented with a selection of birthday, <laughs> cup, birthday cupcakes. And, and <laughs> what what colour are they mostly, Rafe? They're
2: mostly white, but there's also some chocolate ones on there.
0: I was going for the pink sprinkles, but uh, yes, right, absolutely. Well, happy birthday, Rafe Blanford. Well, thank you very much, Ben. A, an important week for everybody all yes, round. Uh, something else important happened this week as well, just before we move on to the actual topic we're talking about. Are you um, going to talk about the watch? I am talking about the watch, oh, and uh, I noticed yes. Rafe Blanford is sporting the ladies' edition. It's not the ladies' edition, it's the small one. Well, I tried to put... I, I, I thought I had slim wrists, and I tried to put it on earlier and managed to fit it around... You know, sort of half my hand, and uh, Rafe Blanford has several notches to spare on the band. So <laughs> it does
1: look particularly fetching, Blanford. That it, is it, nice.
0: it is very elegant,
2: right? You like the baby blue as well. It's nice, yes. actually.
0: So I'm very jealous because you have an Apple Watch and I do not have an Apple Watch. Indeed, indeed. But they, they're out. They're available, and we will be coming back to talk about them later when we've actually had a chance to try them, rather than doing the.
1: Well, let's just do a. Can we? Can we see it? Can you do a quick sentence on it, Blanford, and a sentence, so no, no, because we're going to talk about it, you know,
2: fully. For me the thing that surprised me was it's actually a really desirable object never mind what it actually does okay yeah much like myself oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Right. What- I'd have to say very desirable, Ben. Bless you for saying that. Yes. Or is that the watch?
0: Anyways, let's move on. Whilst mm. whilst Rafe Blanford ice his cakes, which we're now going to sit in front of and not How eat are we for do the next that? half an hour. i the um, with marshmallows on it. Let's move on to this week's topic, and this week's topic is one we've been I've been itching to talk about for a little while now because it's one of those things that people don't cover very much, but I think it's really uh, has way more impact and importance than most people give credit for. Yeah. and so Ref Blanford, as the as the brain amongst the team, tell us what we're talking about this week.
2: Well, this week we thought we'd talk about magic materials and kind of the emphasis on materials, which happen to be appear to be quite magic So our phones are made up of all sorts of things and opportunity to talk about it.
0: Now. We could say, well, Samsung phones are mostly made of plastic, and Apple phones, made of our bendy aluminium, he says, are still just a little bit cross if I'm modest. Uh, although it just <laughs> shouldn't sit on it, man. Well, this is this is true. Perhaps my the, my elegantly sculpted buttocks weren't the best companion for my iPhone six. Yeah. Um, and uh, well, there's other
2: materials as well. So, what, what 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 are we talking about when we mean materials, Rafe? We're talking about the things that actually make up the phone, and you can talk, think about it in two ways. There's the actual elements and all the complicated chemistry but i think you can also talk about in terms of material sciences what they actually do mm. they've got certain properties or things that they're, they're specialized at doing and so obviously glass is a good example that's covering the screens and then the casing might be made of plastic or metal or some combination of the two um, but there's actually 60 different elements in every smartphone and sometimes even more than that and, How, so it's a, and with 30
0: minutes left of the podcast, we're just going to have Rafe list them all. So off, off, order. You go, off you go, Rafe. <laughs> 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 no, all right. Well, we, we, stuck, we, we toyed with that idea in planning, but it turns out that we can't pronounce half of them. So we'll gloss exactly, over that. Exactly, move on, move but on. Why, why does it matter that there are 60? I mean, for, for if, if somebody's sitting at home thinking, yawn, why am I bothered about materials? Why, why does it matter, Rafe? And if, if you're halfway interested in mobile, what impact does it actually have in my life?
2: Well, in terms of the ones you would think about, you know, silicon, maybe some of the more common metals and the polycarbonates, you might get upset by the polycarbonates because they're oil and that's going to run out at some point. But there's a problem even before then with the rare earth elements that are in your phone, and these are sort of the things that sit in the middle of the periodic table. Well, Strontium. Little. Thank you, thank you, and exactly that kind of thing. I read that one. And... <laughs> oh, Briefly, very impressed. Now I'm disappointed. <laughs> I,
0: thought
1: you, I thought you knew something. No, i just so, trying to remember so, I, I, something in the middle of, t- nine, the middle of the n- nine seasons,
0: nine
2: episodes before you for
0: your moment to shine. Good night, good And I'm off. Thanks. Talk amongst yourselves.
2: Excellent. But of, of those 60 elements I referred to, about 12 of them are unique enough that it's actually very hard to replace them. They don't really have an equivalent that you can. Uh, replacing them. And we're talking about very small amounts, just like there is gold in most smartphones, but a vanishingly small amount. But of course, when you um, play it up to 1.5 billion devices a year, actually we're talking about quite large amounts of material, mm. um, and particularly ones that are essentially irreplaceable, it suddenly puts a real onus on the importance of recycling. And so, just to back up a little bit, rare earth
0: materials, the, 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 the challenge here is not just the not just the rarity but also the perhaps the ecological impact of of taking them out and one
2: of the things that we were talking about before the show was also the challenge of where these things come from as well uh, absolutely i mean there's the kind of the, the fact that they're difficult to replace but i think in the current context it's you probably talk about the geopolitics of it and The Congo, for example, has been a source of rare earth elements, and we've seen them in China. And recently, China actually recognised them as basically a strategic resource and limited the exports of these materials, hence tripling the price almost overnight I've no. long, I've long thought that we needed a
0: geopolitics section on the show. Yeah, exactly. like we, we should talk about our favourite smartphone mm-hmm. iPhone apps. Yeah, you know the best fart app and geopolitics.
1: I think that's, that's typically what we do anyway, isn't yeah, it? That nice. of, yeah. uh, I I mean,
0: format anyway. To be honest, we normally get to thirty-five minutes. I turn the mics off and then we do a wicked twenty minutes on geopolitics, but it never really hits. the <laughs> d- yeah. Anyway, Rafe, sorry you were saying.
2: So the, uh, the point to take away mm-hmm. from that is actually those supply chain issues of certain materials actually can have a, a real impact um, where they come from. And I think from an ethical point of view, some people will be concerned that um, not only is their phone sort of recyclable, it's, sort of, it's the equivalent of conflict-free diamonds, but it would be conflict-free rare earth elements, and mm-hmm. the conditions in which they're mined. Because for a lot of them, they do come from uh, you know, developing countries where there may not be the same standards. And just as we talk about factory conditions in China... You can actually go lower, lower down that supply chain and sort of talk about where the materials come from it's not an issue I've seen come up very much but I think it's one that people will become more aware of um, and actually as you put more process and more technology into phone actually the kind of that's only going to to increase because it's probably worth saying most of these rare earth elements are actually in the electronics and the processors rather than in the outside visible bit of the phone
1: okay can we take a, a step backwards into the side just to say how how do we get here to the current mobile phones? Because you know, five ten years ago, mobile phones were invariably plasticky, completely plastic. They were almost when I used to disassemble my mobile phone and put it back together in the dark, practicing get my battery in there quickly and, and so on, just as, as though it was like a gun. So you used right. to do that?
0: No, no. No, I had friends that went outside.
1: <laughs> right. Well, I, actually, I, I didn't do it all the whole time. It just yeah. you know, I could I could take the Nokia apart with one hand. Just crying. Pull the battery in, uh, you know, because you need to be doing that kind of stuff when you're a mobile geek like I was. So, what do you think the the highlights are, gents? How do we get here? Where 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 are the milestones? Because obviously
0: iPhone will feature in there. Well, clearly, you went outside and met some people at some point and moved on with your life. <clears throat> it's just a thing I, I keep yeah, to myself. Okay.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think you have to identify the Nokia countdown, the thirty-two-ten. It's that phone that introduced fascias and had that whole the Nokia break- countdown.
1: Yeah, it's three, two, one, zero. Yeah, no, I never heard that before. Is that it. what you called it? Did, did well, you, that was kind of the nickname for it. Are the Symbian clubs where they the, talk about the countdown? Listen
0: to him backpedaling there. Gone, on, yeah. Ralph, tell us about this phone now. Yeah.
2: Um, but it was the one that kind of broke apart. It was one of those iconic yeah. phones that had the fascias and, <laughs> and, you know, the battery came out. Um, it, if you look at it now, it still feels very solid, but a very different construction technique, a very different use of material design to, to create that. And if we look much further forward, we come to um, where actually the... Construction techniques and the production techniques changed. Now, those older phones typically had assembly of maybe 20 or 30 steps. If you look at a modern smartphone, HGC M9, maybe the iPhone, we're talking two, or three, two to 300 assembly steps in the factory. Right. And the degree of precision that's required has increased massively. And on the sort of unibody metal devices, you're actually having. Milling of those cases out of a single block of aluminium. Right, but see this, that goes back to
1: Apple, right? Because I'm right in saying Apple were the first to do the the whole unibody thing, right?
2: No, HTC, I think, uh, really? can make a claim for that with some of their devices. I, not not
1: phones. I, I'm thinking of the actual the first mention i ever heard of unibody was actually the MacBook.
2: I think that's right. Yeah, I think yeah. that was right. Yeah.
0: But I, I was I was just thinking from what Rafe was saying that you've got. You had nickel metal hydride batteries, and then you had, you know well, you were a moment, then you had lithium iron and lithium polymer, so all the chemistry of the batteries has changed. You've got yeah. touchscreens now, so Gorilla Glass. Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, I don't actually know what a Gorilla Glass is, but it's definitely it's definitely clever materials. Yes. Um, you've got all the... You, what's, and, and, Rafe, what's the... Uh, we were talking earlier
2: about coatings, um, so wow, oleophobic? Am I remembering that That, right? That's right. It's sort of a a nano-coating that basically has some bit of chemistry facing outwards, so it does something. And they might a lot of the time, it's something like hydrophobic or oil-repelling, and that's where you have the anti-fouling screens, and that was what the oleophobic screen on the iPhone was. Effectively, it means I don't leave fingerprints on my touchscreen. Exactly. Um, And, you know, you can also think about the things inside the phone. It's got more complicated sensors, and accelerometers have added various materials and yeah. GPS and magnetometers that all adds in a whole bunch of kind of more exotic, uh, exotic stuff. So things have definitely changed. Uh, I think the point that's worth making here though, is there has been this change and people kind of see the phone is quite fixed. Now it's in this glass slab mm. and it's either polycarbonate plastic or uh, metal or some combination. And there's, you know, alloys coming in, apple aluminium, all of that, but people kind of see it as quite static in fact, there's still a lot more to come in material design, and there's going to be a lot of developments in the next few years.
0: You know what I want to happen now, Rafe? I want you to tell me all about graphene. Excellent. I so you're hearing about graphene. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So this is a wonder material. It's one of the ones that sort of referring to. I discovered, uh, I think, about ten years ago. And actually, it's uh, University of Manchester. So a bit, of, bit of a Ooh. shout out for the Brits here. Um, it's essentially graphite, but very, very flat. And that's the same stuff that's in your pencils. For I was going to say, yeah. Um, and it's just a couple of atoms thickness, and that's one millionth the thickness of a piece of paper.
0: Do you know how hard I'm working not to do a lead in your pencil joke right now? <laughs> very, very, very Oh, I'm God, with i like that. Right. Okay, so. Thank you, Ben. So it, it's. When you say it's flatter, what do you mean? It's very, 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 very thin. In fact, it's so thin. Oh, <laughs> good. Well, thank you for explaining flats to me, but I wonder if we could just wind back a little bit. Well, it was a meat. How okay, can the so, material yeah. be flat?
2: So, um, it's just a couple of atoms thick. So that means you can then be a lot more flexible with it. So it's probably worth talking about some examples. It's also very good as an electrical conductor. In fact, it's better than silicon. It's about several hundred times more efficient. So what that means is you can have thinner screens, and thinner screen assemblies, even to the point where they can start getting bendy. And yeah. so if you think about the sci-fi phone, the one that rolls up in your pocket, mm-hmm. and so it of does all sorts of changes, Graphene uh, allows you to do that sort of thing. And even before we get to there, you can use graphene to construct LEDs that are much more flexible, which has implications for the backlight and other optoelectronic factors. But also it can be put into uh, batteries. For example, you can use them as a, as a cathode. You can use nanowire, a form of uh, graphene, to make it basically more efficient batteries. So there's a whole whole bunch of things um, that's essentially it's kind of this miracle material that gets talked about an awful lot and there's a lot of applications that are played up but the reality is it's not there yet because no one's really worked out how to commercialise it and bring it to a big production scale
0: and that's, that's one of the, the hard things here isn't it that graphic, graphene does clever things and it, it certainly, you were saying it allows curved displays and all this kind of stuff and um, LG and Samsung have got curved, uh, curved display items,
2: out, uh, curved items curved display products out there so have they got graphene in? They don't have graphene in there. They're kind of they're, they're curved, but you'll notice that they're actually fixed. What the graphene would enable you to do is have a truly bendable screen, and uh, so it's kind of the next step beyond that. And uh, the way Samsung have achieved the curved design, it, it, it's still fixed in a matrix. You can't actually do the kind of the sci-fi thing with it. And there's a, a great cost to it. And the other thing about graphene is potentially it could be uh, significantly cheaper and lower. Material costs.
1: That sounds as though it's just a little while away. So can we come back to handsets, milestones, or milestone for handsets? Because I, I wanted to mention the Razer, right? You all remember the Razer? Gorgeous, gorgeous handset. You've got no shame, have you? I went. I, I paid £550
0: for it. About you're, two making, you're making it worse.
1: Uh, come on, that was a, that was a, a top handset to it's have. It's
0: a dumb phone.
1: Didn't, uh, no, but a years ago. Roader. Years ago, that was a, it. Was a really, really cool handset. I mean, I had one too, but I'm not boasting about <laughs> it. <laughs> right? Okay. Well, I'm not boasting either. I'm just saying it was an excellent handset okay. uh, for its time. Well, that Did, was pretty much before I had a
2: phone. Well, were you, really, were you even alive back then, Rafe? Um, I think so, but uh, legally I wasn't allowed to own a phone. Or it something. wasn't allowed
1: like the estate at that point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I really liked the the way the razor felt because the, the the one I'm thinking of, the first generation, was actually very metal, metallic ish, um, and it it I loved it because it fitted in my suit pocket. You know, in the in the suit jacket pocket, the front pocket. That yeah. that was probably the first phone I could really do that with, apart from that really small Nokia one. Uh, and it felt uh, a lot different. That's when I really took, began to pay attention to the 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 outside of the phone beyond just you know it's plastic doesn't matter you know what can you do with it the the razor looked like a felt like a, a business phone and I know it was a Motorola and I know it was you know a very yeah. small battery blah, blah blah that I think is a milestone one
0: I think it is but I'm I'm more interested in in the screens because for mm. for me touch screens when and when I mean not not necessarily just the iPhone but. The, those those touch screens that weren't based on forced touch because the, so the, uh, correct me if I get this wrong Rafe, but you had capacitive screens, which were where you literally pressed two bits of something together and you registered a you registered yeah. a contact and that and that was the nasty plastic screens that we'd had for a while but then certainly a, the iPhone and other handsets around that time had this sort of uh, had this had a, had a nicer screen technology but I'm always amazed actually not so much with touch screen technology, but how the hell you actually make something. That robust, because with the exception of my iPhone, I've been stuffing glass panels in my pockets and in jeans or in bags or whatever for for years now. And you know, if you if you, if you had a piece of glass that size, you know, in normal life, you wouldn't you wouldn't treat it as roughly as you would, you know, <laughs> the, the way I chuck my phone around. That's so true. Yeah. You know, yeah, that 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 for me is, is some sort of, of, of you know some a wonderment.
2: Uh, yeah, it is, and you know, this is the Gorilla Glasses of the world, and there are various other versions of this and essentially it's treated glass so yeah so what is Gorilla glass so um, you... well, I
1: read about this uh, sorry I read I read about how Gorilla glass got going did you hear about that and then no. it was um, Steve Jobs har- harassing the guy did you hear the story no Oh, okay, well, I'm going to mangle it. Um
0: fair enough. enough. It's good that we do all this prep for this episode.
1: <laughs> I just I don't think yeah. we need to come on to that, but yeah, yeah. uh okay, let me ma- mangle it. Basically the uh, uh Corning were thinking of uh shutting up shop and then Jobs said, "No, there's a massive opportunity here. I want to buy this from you." The guys going, "No, no, no." Eventually said uh Steve Jobs persuaded him, and all of a sudden uh the business took off. Something well, like that. So Wikipedia.
2: So actually to tell you what um, Gorilla Glass is. No, no, no,
1: we want another history.
2: It's a type of tempered glass, which is just another word for for treated. It crosses it. It is, exactly. (laughs) Um, And it's when glass is dipped into a a bath of salts. I mean, I don't understand the chemistry, so we won't get into it. Uh, Redox. And Mrs Smith occasionally dips into a bath of salts as well. But but (laughs) I think it's probably different salts maybe, Ben. Uh, Fair enough. Um, But as a result of that, you then get a a coating around the glass, which is the substrate material, and you've effectively got this nano-coating and you can treat that coating in various ways, depending on what you put in it. And Apple will also refer to this as iron-treated glass at times as well. Um, what essentially you've got is a film over the glass that then lends extra properties to it, and that can make it uh, more scratch-resistant. It can um, be the sort of the coatings that then go on on top of it in terms of being water-resistant or oil-resistant. So, so
0: Gorilla Glass actually isn't. I always thought Gorilla Glass was. The material of the glass, but it's not. It's what goes on the glass.
2: That, that's absolutely right. It's a coating, which is actually why it's quite interesting. When you scratch a Gorilla Glass, which can still happen, as anyone who's used it will know, over time it will actually break down if it gets damaged, because then the stuff can get into it. And so it's not your imagination. If you scratch it once, it's actually then easier to scratch your phone again, and that kind of coating will break down, and then you'll get more fingerprints. And on is it. that is that why you have to put on these horrible?
1: Plastic thingies um, over your phone. I think there's two types of people in the world. How many of our listeners? I hope there's not many of you have got a phone with a shitty piece of plastic on it. And we like to say shitty. Yes, right.
2: That that's exactly why people do it. But it's also why it makes it look horrifying. But it's also why these these scratches that form and it starts breaking down is also why uh, it's more likely to break the more that the glass gets scratched because actually the protective layer kind of disappears. And you'll notice when people do break their phone, often it will break along a scratch line, and it's because there's basically a breakdown in the the coating there. Um, There are various other things that you can use. I mean, it's probably worth mentioning Sapphire here, Ben, uh, because that's something that Apple and talked about a lot about maybe using in screens, and there are one or two devices so out there. I know
0: Virtu phones have sapphire screens, they do, and I know the glass in my camera on my iPhone is sapphire glass. And there was massive rumours that there would that there would be sapphire screens on the the, la- the, the latest generation of iPhones, but I know that it's a bit pricey to say the least,
2: isn't it? It is very pricey, and this is uh, comes back to kind of the issue we're talking about: mass production. And there's been a lot in the news about the various uh, sapphire foundries because the way sapphire is, is formed is it goes through basically an industrial process and comes out in big lumps, want of a better description. And sapphire is actually it is um, the, the it's the jewel or kind of that you uh, made artificially.
1: Oh, I'm thinking I'm thinking about Titanic. You,
2: there you go. Thank, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Didn't, um, didn't
1: the old lady who threw the thing away, you know, I think that wasn't that was Titanic. Yes. Yeah. There you go.
2: There you go. go. Wow, thank Film you reference. for that, Thank you. Um, but obviously it wouldn't be a green one, it would be a translucent one. Um, I thought it was red. <laughs> isn't sapphire going to be red? No, it's green. Yeah. Since when's it been green? Since That's an emerald. Okay. Clearly, clearly right. the 361 podcast isn't specialising in precious stones. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: sapphire is green.
0: I don't
2: know. Right, I'm, I'm Googling I'm, it. I'm doubting myself now. Right, thank you. That. So am I. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what colour is Sapphire. Right, come on, Siri. Oh, come on, Siri. That's not going to work. Let me check that. It says, come on.
0: Sapphire. Although blue. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well,
0: Excellent. So on, we, we've done well there. Um, Rafe, I, we, we talked about sapphire glass a bit and being pricey and commercialized and things, but before we move on from screen technologies, I want you to explain to me what a nanowire is. I very much want to understand about nanowires.
2: So the the nanowires um, is pretty much exactly what it sounds like, a very, very small wire. And if you think about touchscreens, you need to have a... It sounds, condu- like, a, it sounds like an electronic grandmother. <laughs> it, yes, it does. Probably an Irish grandmother. <laughs> Nan, a wire... <laughs> it's really very hard to remember what the technical stuff is here, because actually Ben's usually doing his uh, no, usual laugh-a-minute stuff.
0: No, it's <laughs> right, something. I'm thinking of rubies.
2: I, uh, That's how I got to enough. sapphire.
0: I, I'm just distracting with the fact that I don't know what nanowires are, and you do. So go
2: on, please. And it's blue. So right. it, these are the things that can run through Double a, a, a touchscreen in order to... Do the touch sensing bit. So if I if I take my if
0: I take my iPhone screen or indeed most phone screens and I turn it to an angle to the light so that I can get the light to reflect off the surface and I can see a I can see a pattern across it. Sometimes um, that's
2: is that it? it. That 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 is it. I mean whether they're nano wires it will vary at this point in time. But that's where the technology is going, and the reason is because they're becoming uh, smaller and they're becoming. Um, you know, more uh, translucent. And so you won't see that kind of patterning in the future. And also, typically, they um, uh, have better electrical conductivity and therefore the screens can be at a lower power and, you know, extending your battery life. So it, it, they do add strength, but they're also there to actually conduct
0: electricity. Absolutely. So um, the, 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 the thing I, I don't necessarily fathom is how can you put something like copper or silver into a screen in a wire... And not have it, you know, interrupt the, the the image, the display.
2: Because we're we're talking about things that are incredibly small. Yeah, we're, we're talking absolutely. on the yeah. atomic scale. Now, I'm not intimately familiar with all the research it does, is but if you think about, I don't say that, Ray. We rely. That's what that's what we have you for. <laughs> <laughs> but if if you think about, um, look, I would say it's actually the equivalent of looking through uh, a glass window. If you look at detail at the glass, you can see all kinds of imperfections in it. Um, if you step back and look at the window from a distance, you can't tell that they're there, and it's the there same with, with with these these things. And you know, you you it's, you, know, you can think about people who wear glasses, but often have scratches, and actually in the window, it's the same thing. You don't see them, yeah, um, because we're talking it in terms of scale size, very very small. Fair enough. So
0: we've talked about screens. We've talked about the rare earth materials that go into phones. I think the other one then that we we touched on briefly with Graphene is we've got to talk about batteries. And I was thinking recently how impressed I was with the new Apple MacBook. And I know it's Apple, 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 but I think sometimes they explain the technology in a way that I can understand. Um, They have those what they call terraced batteries which was really, really thin batteries just stacked on top of each other in different shapes so that it would fill all the available space in the case. And I guess we're getting to the point now where Battery life. Battery life is really hard because devices are getting super, super thin, and we're beginning to use, beginning, we're beginning to look for new battery technologies that that would enable that. So, what, have our, what, what, what kind of technologies have we got in our phones at the moment, Rafe? I've heard of lithium iron and I've heard of lithium. Well, what were the very first Nokia's? What was the the, the current metal, down phone? They were nickel metal hydride, weren't they? I think so. Yes. Yeah. Right, and yeah. then what came after that? Well, I remember, I remember being very excited by a by a Sony Ericsson that had lithium polymer mm. in it. And I forget which one it was, but it was probably around the time they were doing UIQ-based smartphones. But, right, right. You know, am I, am I correct in saying at least, Rafe, that bat, that the material science gives two two benefits? One is that we might find techn- uh, materials that allow us to uh, add more charge into a into, into a certain thing of a certain space. And then the other one is flexible materials that actually mean that you can use the space available more more effectively because they they tend to be they tend to be quite big slabs, don't they?
2: Yeah, that's right. I think that's probably... I'd add maybe one more characteristic to that, and that's the, the density of the battery, and you can think of that as how much energy it can hold mm. in a given volume, and obviously that is related to being able to shape it. What we sort of had developing recently is this idea of shape batteries, and the mo- most recent MacBook is uh, an example of that, but you're also seeing it to an extent in in phones as well, where the battery is shaped. You get that in the current iPhone, yeah. And also, you know, the sort of the typical or, you know, orientation and size of batteries now is very different to what it was, where it was a fairly standard size and very chunky. And so, it has enabled a certain amount of not necessarily innovation, but certainly flexibility inside the phone. And kind of the interesting thing here is, while the outside of phones have become pretty much standardised the insides are still very different. And part of the reason for that is you've now got the battery, which is more flexible because you have a few more options, but also because you have to do so much tuning of the aerials, which you're getting, the radio engineering of a phone is becoming more complicated. Mm. And there are materials that help you help you do that. And thinking about the metal phones, for example, that's why you get the bands on the bottom so the antennas will continue working. So there is that flexibility. But getting, kind of getting back to batteries, um, as I say, it's, it's about the density. And I don't think there's any miracle technology around the corner there will continue to be iterative improvements um, what i think we probably will see is an increase in the density and that is another application of, of nanowires, um, which will mean that you'll basically have greater energy density inside the batteries um, rather than getting into a big chemistry lesson about it, I mean, it is worth saying there are various options around. There's aluminium-based batteries, for example, mm-hmm. which um, some research out of Stanford show that there's a lot of promise for. That also becomes interesting because potentially you can recharge the phone faster. Yeah. Um, and this is sort of a move away from the traditional... you know, Batteries, where you're seeing flows of electronics, being able to kind of flash charge it.
0: So, am I? Am I re- so, we've got some notes here on on, on nanotube batteries, Raifan. Am I reading this correctly? Seventy percent charge for a, for a phone battery in two minutes is the kind of the the kind of uh, benefit that they're talking about here.
2: Yes, and, and and you know there are applications of this that can do it in a matter of seconds. Uh, the problem is
0: that, that will change everything
2: pretty quickly for us, wouldn't it? It would, although the problem here is, again, one of commercialization, that mm-hmm. they haven't actually got the density, the energy density in these uh, technologies yet. And so, you know, there, there's still a lot more to do. Uh, I think the other reason where things like graphene or some other materials, you can um, put in as substrate in these batteries to kind of give them longer life and you better recharge cycles so that you can recharge your phone a thousand times rather than maybe the typical 250 before it starts to degrade. Because what people may not realise that every time they charge their phone in theory, the next time it will charge just slightly less. Um, and you can have probably the material science... Yeah, you
1: know, I think most of us are aware of that actually, but we don't. Um, it's, it's When I tell people, look, you've probably got 300 charges in that iPhone be, before it really is going to be and they, oh, that's why it's rubbish. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yes. so it, it's sort of the application of that and certainly material science can help fix that element of it.
0: Okay, right. Time to draw this to a close. I think it's an um, opportunity for us to... Have a think about what change. What change do you would you be most excited about that could be driven by the kind of materials we've talked about?
1: I've always been going on about batteries. Always, always, always. And I, I, it's a bit. Am I being too predictable saying you know the battery? Because I really worry about that. I worry about the, the you know, being without a battery because, I've got children blah, blah blah. You know, I just want to be
0: connected. I, I, I think you're right. I. I Agree with you, but the thing—the thing that Rafe was just saying there about charging time. Because if I can't—if I can't get my batteries to be orders of magnitude like better, mm. then what I want to do is be able to put it down on my desk for two minutes while I work and have it suddenly recharge.
1: Yeah, do you know the best thing I saw was where uh, this technology—one of these BlackBerry conferences a while ago—that would charge. I don't say that word. It, listen, I've talked about it before in the podcast. Where... No
0: shame. No. Motorola and BlackBerry in the same podcast. <laughs> Basically,
1: the 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 BlackBerry would charge. It wasn't BlackBerry technology themselves. It was a, a a partner, and the BlackBerry charged from you know the Wi-Fi signal. It just passively. It would only it can only ever ever give you like one or two percent across an hour or, so, or whatever. But yeah, it just... I read
0: about that. That sounded very shady because Wi-Fi routers don't put out enough power to be.
1: okay, well whatever. I like the idea that I don't think I'll be happy until you can shake the phone and get a five minutes charge out of it. Fair enough. Yeah, that that would really I'd be really pleased if. If I knew that my wife is driving and all of a sudden it breaks down and car breaks down and then the phone is out of charge, what all she's got to do is just shake it for five minutes and bang, she's got see, you know, she's got more, a charge enough to do so. That that kind of thing would really appeal to me.
0: I, something we haven't talked about, but I think it's really, really interesting was that also the way that, that we were able to make phones uh, waterproof and and mm-hmm. resistant to moisture, because um you know, there's a number of phones now that are are waterproof, but until very recently, they've typically relied on sealing, you know, sealing yeah, the yeah, phone up with yeah. ports and flaps and that kind of stuff. And there's a bunch of phones now. Like uh, Sony are, are Sony really, really motoring in that place. Yeah, yeah. Where, where, where now that's not so, that's not so required, but that's still, I think, in many cases through carefully sealing the device and sealing the ports and things like that. But actually. You know, uh it, it what would be what would be really great would be to have all to have your electronics, you know, sort of coated and tolerant of humid environments and, you know, sweat and all those sorts of things, yeah. much more. And, you know, I mean touch screen devices that have that covered in fingerprints are my absolute Bugbear, I, I, I hate it. You know that, <laughs> that I'm, I'm looking at this potentially a sapphire. You know, hundreds or thousands of pounds worth of display, sapphire crystal, and you know this kind of stuff just through a smear of fingerprints. So you know, improved coatings and things like that on those devices, so that you don't leave a you don't leave a fingerprint. Because mm. the, the other the other thing is uh, touch touch as touchscreen technology migrate perhaps just off smartphones and become. Things that you look through and, and become, you know, much more, much more perhaps flexible or widely used. You know, the issue of fingerprints and touch, and even perhaps germs and and, yeah. uh, and, and bacteria resistance become become really important. What do you reckon, Blanford's going to say? Then, what's your thing?
2: Um, I would agree with the battery thing because I think that has no, the oh, biggest on, biggest can't. impact. And I would identify the solid state batteries, sort of Ooh. moving away okay. from the kind of the the liquid um, that we have now, as being really interesting because, as I say, that's about the energy density. I think the quick-charging things, and actually Qualcomm's quick-charging technology already has delivered me benefits in that sense. If that can get better, great. I think the thing that probably excites me most in kind of a, a geeky sense is the nanowires with sensors on them. And this is something that's come out or is being researched by uh, Nokia in Cambridge, the ability to detect the environment in terms of the chemicals, air quality and things like that wow. on a phone. When you start scaling up that up and thinking about what yeah, that, really that cool. there, there, would do, And it's this ability that we're starting to see information about uh, pointing at objects and seeing what they are, basically. I think that gets really interesting. But probably the big thing is actually the idea of flexible displays and flexible electronics, because that would move us away from the kind of glass slab form factor of phones. I think it's a while away, but absolutely that's going to be something that we, we see in the future. And so that's the thing that I would pick out as most exciting for you know magic materials in the future yeah
0: because our bendy phones at the moment are bendy but they're not terribly ambitious because they're just bendy so you don't break them
2: yeah, yeah. And, and you know this is proper roll up in your pocket stuff
0: right well it's great to be back sorry for the mm-hmm. delay it's uh, it's been good to see you guys again Um, you can tell us about the materials or the science that you're excited about changing mobile tech and you can do that through the usual ways you can email us through the website 361podcast.com we are on the twitters at 361podcast if you go to 361podcast.com we are also now collecting questions and feedback for our end of season ask us anything episode go there there will be a page of details of how you can contact us including ways that you can leave us a voicemail if you'd like to Uh, as ever thank you very much for listening if you'd like to comment you can do so publicly or privately uh through 361podcast.com did i say 361podcast.com what's the again? i don't know just just go there and talk to us because we're very very lonely okay guys thank you very much we'll see you again soon bye-bye